This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Today's first reading is from the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 18. As the Lord appears to Abraham, and this message will serve as the basis for today's sermon. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three siyas of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? they asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. that he would not soon forget. Most of the special time that they spent together was during the day, but this time God chose to appear to Abraham at night. The Lord took Abraham outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the promise that God made to him, but the promise was a long time in coming to fulfillment. God had promised him he was 75 years old, and God had promised that he would make him the father of a great nation. God had promised him many descendants, but Abraham was still waiting for descendant number one. Then Abraham got to thinking. As he waited, he got to thinking, maybe... 
Abraham wasn't the one who was waiting. Maybe God was waiting for him. Maybe God was waiting for Abraham to figure it out, to piece it all together. Maybe God was waiting for Abraham to get with the program and recognize that just like the local custom when there wasn't an heir that was born, then the family inheritance would get passed down through the main servant. Maybe Eliezer of Damascus was the one through whom God would keep the promise. But God said, no. Through you, a child will be born. Sarah waited. Waited for about ten years after God made that first promise to Abraham. Ten years, and then she said, Abraham, maybe I'm the problem. Here, take Hagar, take my servant, and build a family through her. Perhaps that is the way that God will keep his promise to you. God had something to say about that as well. No, Sarah, you're the one. You're the one who will bear the child. Abraham will conceive within you, and a child will be born. A child of the promise. It had been 25 years. 25 years since the time that God had announced that promise to Abraham when he was 75 Till the time when the promise came to fruition in the birth of Isaac. As God approaches Abraham with his two angel friends in the words of our first reading, Abraham is 99 years old and Sarah 89. 25 years. It's a long time. Perhaps I can help you with a frame of reference on what a span of 25 years are. Some of you will need this help because you don't have 25 years worth of reference. Others, this might help. 25 years ago, the year was 1997. I know a lot of you like to live your lives as if 1997 was 10 years ago, but it was actually 25 years ago. In 1997, Princess Diana died in a horrific car crash as her car tried to speed away from some harassing paparazzi. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if the local authorities did their investigation and announced when we have some fightings, we will make sure to report them, and then waited 25 years to announce the cause of the crash? There's no way they could get away with waiting that long. It was in January of 1997 that Brett Favre led the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl over the New England Patriots. Could you imagine if the Packers organization had said, we're going to wait to have the parade, we're going to just let it sink in a little bit, and we're going to postpone the celebration, and then you got word that that celebration is this afternoon in Green Bay? There'd be an uproar, there'd be a riot in Green Bay. There's no way that team and our state would wait that long to celebrate. 25 years ago, Bill Clinton and Al Gore were beginning their second term as president and vice president of the United States of America. 25 years ago, an upstart tech company secured the domain name 
that matched the name of their company so that if they wanted to do one of these things called a website, they could do that in the future. It was 25 years ago that the name Google.com was secured. 25 years is a long time, and it's made to seem even longer if you're spending that time waiting for something. I live with people who won't wait 25 seconds for a promise to be fulfilled. 25 years is quite a task. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? God makes promises to us that really, frankly, are easier to accept than the words that he spoke to Sarah. God doesn't make us wait 25 years to see the fulfillment of his promises, yet we stand with Sarah, and more often than we'd like to admit, we laugh in the face of God. God gives us his law and then tells us that there is blessing in the keeping of his law, and we laugh thinking God's laws are just a bit too restrictive and burdensome. We follow after our own ways instead. God tells us that there is joy in following him. Yet we laugh. Chasing after instead the world's definition of happiness. Chasing after with the pagans worldly pleasure. Our God promises us that he will never leave us, yet when we can't put our finger on his presence, when we can't detect that he is there, we laugh. Where were you on that one, God? Our God tells us. He promises to be our sure defender. Yet frustration turns into fear. And lament turns into laughter. God, do you even care? God, are you even strong enough to help? Our God promises that his will is always best and that he will work all things for the good of those who love him. Yet it's in anger that we grit our teeth and we laugh. How? How, Lord, can this pain, can this loss, can this tragedy be for my good? The reality is that the promises that God makes to us are easier to believe than the words that he spoke to Sarah, yet we laugh louder and longer than she ever did. And for that, we deserve the same consequences. Every time Abraham and Sarah tried to help God keep his word to them, every time we do the same by allowing fear and doubt and unbelief to linger in our hearts, we deserve to have God laugh at us. You think this is for you. You think I will accept you. You think you can live with me? Ha. 
We deserve to be locked in the prison cell of hell and have God laugh at us as he throws away the key. But instead, God treats us the same way he treated Abraham and Sarah. He comes knocking. God came knocking on the tent of Abraham and Sarah with one singular purpose in mind to recount for them his promises. He knew how they had fared with his promises in the past. He knew that that very day Sarah would laugh in his face, yet he came to announce those promises. He came to bring words of hope and comfort to those that he dearly loved. And God comes knocking in our life, too. It started when God took on human flesh, when he inserted himself into our history. Christ Jesus came to live life in our place so that we could be what he is, so that we could earn the favor of God. He knew we never could do that, so Christ Jesus lived that perfect life for us. He came fully knowing that the world would laugh at him, that the world would scoff and jeer and reject and even kill. Jesus knew that Joseph would laugh when he was told that what was conceived in his fiancée's womb was from the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that they would laugh at him when he told them that he was the Messiah, the one that was long foretold, the one about whom the Old Testament scriptures spoke. Jesus knew they would laugh and jeer and ridicule and spit upon him. Yet he came. He came to a world of sinners to save sinners, to save us. He came to a people who would laugh at him. That's including you and me because he is exactly what we needed. And as it turns out, Jesus is the one who would laugh. Jesus is the one whose heart was filled with joy that he could carry out the role that no one in the world could, that he could be the one to deliver to us the message of God's love. Jesus came knocking into our hearts to recount for us the promises of God and to fulfill the promises of God. Jesus went skipping to the place where the history of the world would change forever, where your life, where your eternity would never be the same. Listen to the way the writer to the Hebrews describes the demeanor and the delight of our Savior. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. On the cross, it seemed as if Jesus had been defeated. As he hung there, bleeding and dying and dead. But Jesus would have the last laugh. On the third day, he rose in victory from the grave. Jesus laughed his way through the streets of hell to announce that the devil had been defeated. Sin can't touch us anymore. Life is ours in his name. And because Jesus had the last 
laugh. Now he shares that laughter with us. We can giggle with glee that the devil has been defeated. We can joke and be jolly. That no matter what this world might bring at us, we have victory in Jesus. We can revel in our release from sin and death. The question that God asked of Sarah, it's a question to which you know the answer, and that answer changes everything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We can laugh our way through life. Even in the sad times, even when tragedy hits, even when it's really hard, when life is throwing at us more than we can handle and when the burdens are greater than what we can bear, we can rejoice, we can laugh, because we know the answer. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No matter what trials are in our way, no matter what challenges we might face, we can take those things to the Lord in prayer. God is on our side, and like the Apostle Paul encouraged the Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? What are the fears hiding in your heart right now? What are the worries that keep you up at night? What are the pains that pierce deeply into your soul? Make a mental list of them. Put it down on paper if you must, but make sure to have as the heading that question that God asked Sarah and that God asked of you. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Trust in the Lord. Consider his compassion. Remember his mercy and his might. Laugh in the love of the Lord. You have to keep reading in the book of Genesis to hear the end of this portion of Sarah's story. It's the opening words of Genesis chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave him the name Isaac, which means he laughs, to the son Sarah who bore him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. We can laugh with Sarah because God is faithful. The son that was long foretold was born. God made good on his promise to make Abraham the father of many nations, and even the promise that all nations would be blessed through him, that promise comes true in Jesus. We can laugh with Sarah because Jesus has been born. Our Savior from sin lived and died and lives again. Heaven is our eternal home because of what Jesus has done for us. The pains that we endure and the burdens that we carry, they will be a thing of the past because of our Savior. And because of his faithfulness. Heaven is our eternal home. Our laughter will have no end because everlasting life is ours. 
in Jesus, at his side in glory. King David's words in Psalm 16, they come true for us today and forever. Lord, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. What comfort, what hope, what joy is ours, because we know that the Lord's love leaves us with lasting laughter. more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.